Welcome to the Mountain and Valley Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Horvath. A few years ago, my friend Kip Wilkinson and I had an idea for a project wherein we would record the stories of people we knew in order to share them with the world. That project grew into what you're about to listen to. In today's solo session, Kip and I sit down to discuss where to begin telling your testimony. The beginning. It's different for everyone, but we all have a point where we realized we were separated from God and needed to be rescued from ourselves. This is what life looked like before you met Jesus. It's one of the most important parts in your story, and sharing it with someone else shows who you are, who you see God as, and helps you connect with the struggles they may have. So, have you seen any good movies lately? I think the last movie I saw was Spider-Man Homecoming. How was it? It was actually really good. I heard a lot of really good things about it, but I never actually saw yeah. it. I was hesitant going into it. Because it's animated, right? No, that's uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Um, Maybe I heard that was really good. That one is supposed to, I haven't seen it yet, unfortunately, but it's supposed to be the best Spider-Man movie that has ever been made. That Okay, that's the one I've been hearing about. And I'm excited to see it, because I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, and... I don't know. Go, going into Homecoming, I was really hesitant. I put it off for a while because I didn't want it to be really bad. And I have hesit like hesitations. I have doubts about Tom Holland. Whoa, as whoa, whoa. Spider-Man. You mean Donald Glover's not Spider Man in that one? No, he is not. <laughs> he would have been a good Miles Morales. But here we are yeah. with Tom Holland <laughs> as Peter Parker. <laughs> but he did. It was really good. I was very impressed, honestly. He's a great Peter. I've got nothing against superhero movies at all. I just don't ever really pick them out myself to go see. If somebody wants to go see it and invites me along, I'll go. But I don't necessarily get the mindset of, oh, there's another Marvel or DC. I've got to go. I've got to see it in theaters. It just, it is what it is. Depends on what it is. Like, I mean, Endgame is, is right around the corner. By the time this comes out, Endgame will probably already be released. I don't even know what that is. It's it's like the next Avengers movie. Okay. Um, it's supposed to be like the end of the whole thing that happened with Thanos and everything. So the whole the whole right. thing that Marvel's been doing has literally been leading up to this movie. Right. So I'm probably going to go see that one in theaters. But like the last six or seven, I haven't even bothered to go see them in theaters. Because I'm like, they're all... They're good. They're great movies, but they're all kind of similar. Right. And I can just watch it when it comes out on Netflix, so why bother? Yeah, I get it. But that one I'll probably go see in theaters. Fair enough. I can relate to your your ideas there. And again, it's, it's not bashing or there's nothing against it. It's just, it takes a lot for me to get excited about a movie in theater now. Yeah. That's true. Because it's a lot of money. Honestly. Yeah, especially when you're paying for two. Yeah, exactly. What was the most recent thing you saw? Uh, to be honest, it was the Lego movie too. No hate. It's a good movie. I wasn't impressed. Really? Yeah, we went with a group of friends from church and it was a good time and it was good to, to hang out with everyone. But the movie itself was meh. It was not awesome? Not everything was awesome about this one. <laughs> um, there is a song that gets stuck in your head, and they don't even 
play with it, the lyrics if you haven't seen it or the song's going to get stuck in your head. Wait, did you see the first one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But literally, the lyrics in the song in the second one are, this song's going to get stuck in your head. Like, they don't even That's shy. Weird. Yeah, they don't shy from the fact that it's catchy and it's meant to do that. <laughs> they kinda... fully embraced it. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And now it's stuck in my head. Thanks, Kip. You're welcome. But Chris Pratt's in it, so all's good, right? I, I guess so. <laughs> so is Will Arnett. He is... Best Farrell. Batman that has ever happened. Oh. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> so what are we talking about this week? So this week we're going to talk about Literally the very beginning of a testimony, life before Christ. Why are we, why are we talking about this? Well, honestly, the the crux in in the, in in the story that you're telling when you're telling your testimony is that moment where you meet Jesus and your life is completely changed. Yeah. But in order for that to make sense you have to explain what you're coming out of. So you have to talk about what life was like before you actually met Jesus. Why was there a need for a change? Ooh, and that's what we're going to get into. The sin and depravity and fallen nature of, of mankind. So It's a light topic this week. <laughs> yeah. So... What is life before Christ? If you could define that simply, what would you say? Um, to me, it's it's brokenness um, and, and being lost. But ultimately, I think it's just being dead, spiritually dead. Because without Jesus, we're that's what we are. We're just spiritually dead. Yeah. So when I think about life before Christ, I think not only of those, but kind of the the Christianese word is sin. Yeah. Well, a lot of people who may not believe in Christianity. Is that even Christianese anymore? I I don't know. I assume so. Um, But what is sin? And simply defined, it's an offense against religious or moral law. Or another definition would be an often serious shortcoming. So not even a minor shortcoming, but a lofty one. So that goes back to kind of the thought process of being broken. If you're complete, if you're lacking nothing, there would be no need. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is that we all have a flaw. We all have a fault. Nobody's perfect. Right. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you believe in. Nobody in their right mind thinks that there is anyone who is perfect. Amen. 
That's it's true though. Um, our part in the well, not even our part, just the gospel in general. Um, you know, Jesus coming and dying for our sins, and then coming back to life to uh, defeat death. Ultimately, that story doesn't even exist if if the world's perfect. Right. What What's because the need? What, what's the need for it? Yeah. So the the whole point of the gospel is there's a need and the gospel is the need being met. Mm-hmm. So I think the first part in our testimonies is seeing in talking about what was the need in broadly the need is Christ, mm-hmm. but specifically what did that look like in your story or, or ours? Yes. yes. That's when I don't know. That's a huge point right there is like your own personal right. part in it because it'd be easy to look at it in the grand scope of things. Like all of mankind is lost and in need of a savior. That's true. Absolutely. That's true. But then like when you're telling your testimony and your life being impacted by the gospel, you have to understand your own depravity and your own need for grace through what happened on the cross. Yeah. Well, and, and what's appealing to someone about everyone needs this? Mm-hmm. Not much. No. Okay, sure, whatever. You just get written off. What I found appealing and what I see appeals to a lot of people is the fact that somebody's being specific, somebody's being open. Right. Kind of like we talked about in our solo session, mm-hmm. reflecting on Scott's testimony was vulnerability goes a long way in being able to to be vulnerable and share the low parts of your life yeah which not to say there's not low points throughout your life but there's i mean if you're honest with yourself before christ what was the mountain experience yeah depending on your background it may be having fun hanging out with friends family your career but at the end of the day, it, it was all fleeting. Mm-hmm. So I think life life before you meet Jesus, like we've already assessed, that's the starting point for this. And mm-hmm. We'll keep digging into that, but I, I want to clarify, like, for different people, that means different things. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, it, it means coming from a really difficult background, full of a lot of of hatred and just uh, just really bad stuff that happened. Um, Bitterness, maybe? Tons of bitterness and anger. Yeah. But for... And then, you know, even like... Talking about Scott again, you know. Scott talks a lot about his reliance on drinking um, and his anxiety attacks and and things like that. Um, And how those brought him to a point of brokenness or realizing his brokenness. But for some people, it might look totally different. Um, Some people, you know, maybe they grew up in a Christian home. Yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah, maybe their parents never got divorced. Right. Uh, Maybe they never had any alcohol or drug problems or maybe they were quarterback on the high school football team, went to college and graduated, sum cum laude or whatever. Or and could, life was perfect. It could have even been as uh, two weeks ago with Cooper's story about how he just he was angry all the time. Yeah. And how 
it's hard to be happy when you're angry. Let's be real. Yeah. So that's that's a good example of, I guess, one extreme. But then at the complete other end of the ex- spectrum, if I can speak, um, you have people who, like you said, they may have grown up in church or they may have not, but they have excellent family lives. They are, quote, happy right. with where they are and, and how life's going. But at the end of the day, when you're lying in bed trying to go to sleep, there are things to face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think of uh, the, the young rich man um, that Jesus met. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, like I said, I mean, he had his youth, he had wealth. Um, from what he said, talking to Jesus, like he, he was pretty, pretty darn religious and he had kept all the rules and whatnot and lived a, a decent life. But even then, when he was face to face with Jesus, um, there was still something that was holding him back from reconciling with God. There was something he was still trying to do in his own power to kind of earn respect from God and earn that relationship almost. And for him, that was that was his wealth. Right. Um, that was his being comfortable. And when Jesus said, "Can you give this up?" he ultimately turned away. Right. So, I mean, like, the main the main point here is, you know, we all have different backgrounds. We all have different stories. Um, but the, the starting point for telling your testimony is ultimately to reach or well, well, help someone else hear that point in your life where you, you reached a moment where you realized, I cannot save myself. Yeah. I cannot do this on my own. I cannot earn it. I can't buy it I can't do anything and that's that's that moment where you you turn your life over to Jesus and say you got to do this for me because I can't do it and it looks different for everybody right and I think at different points it's shared differently yeah. so if I'm talking to somebody who can relate to certain parts of my life before Christ then I may share those um not in a way to hide everything, but just in a way that's more relatable. Why do we share this part of our stories? Um, I think it shows humility. I don't think I know it shows humility. You know it shows. I know. Um, it gives whoever you're sharing it with an opportunity to see truth mm-hmm. and the fact that you know. not only do I claim that I don't, have it all together. Here's proof. You know, this is a, a real first-hand example as to why I need Christ. This is what I was saved from. And typically it just allows you to be relatable. I keep seeing that word, but that's that's a common theme yeah, with it. I agree. I mean, that whole idea, I know I've, I've talked about this a little bit, in previous weeks, but just building relationships with people. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the part where it's going to be honestly easier because like the rest, the rest of, of your testimony the rest of your story, when you're talking about y- your relationship with Jesus, 
it can come across as offensive. Um, oh, very much so. Yeah, I mean, like if you're talking to if you're talking to a friend who's a non-believer, when when you're talking about this part of your story, that's the part they relate to you. But then when you get to the part where you're actually sharing the gospel and what your life is like after the gospel, I'm going to come to those points as we move on. Right. Those are the times when they don't relate to you as much because they're just not there yet. Right. Well, and then the whole concept of sharing where you've been with someone who can relate mm-hmm. is, is even offensive in itself. You're saying, I I was there. It's true. But where I'm at now is better. It's better. Yeah. And, and that's a very offensive message. But it's it's crucial. Yeah. I often think about it as an injury. You can't get better mm-hmm. until you recognize that there's one there and that you take the steps necessary to, I'll just call it as it is, get healed. Yeah. So whether it's spiritually or, you know, in kind of the example I use in my head physically – Something's got to get changed mm-hmm. for the better. It's true. It's very true. Yeah, I think one of the, one of the most astounding and beautiful things about the church itself, when I think about it, just how how it functions. Um, and this is something I say a lot when I'm talking to just anybody, um, is that we all have different stories and we all come from different backgrounds and even different, different cultures. Um, but we're all there for the same purpose. Yeah. And different members of one body. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, the beautiful, beautiful thing about that is that even though we all, Yes, we all serve the same same God and we're all there for the same reason. Mm-hmm. There's so many different aspects of us or just different versions. Yeah. I don't know what I'm saying there, but well, the point is like, you know. Um, the best way that I would describe that is you're never reading the same story twice. Yes. And so for anyone who doesn't know Kipper and myself, we have very polarizing Stories before Christ. Uh, we both come from kind of different backgrounds. Similar in ways, but different at the same time. We've been through different things. But that doesn't change the message. Mm-hmm. We both come from junk. And we both are in much better places. Maybe not every day. You know, There's still daily struggles. But acknowledging where the story begins is the first part. In the next chapter. Yes. That's a much better way of saying what I was trying to say. And the really cool thing about that is that there's so many various stories that are being told that are all leading to the same point, which is the cross. Mm -hmm. But since there's so many different people coming to that one point, they're able to go out and relate to so many different people at the same time. It's like, you know, I mean, we have contrasting stories. Yeah. And you can tell your story to somebody and they may relate to it on one level. They might not relate to it on different levels. Right. And then I can go and tell my story to somebody and they can relate to things that I say and things that I've struggled with and and gone through. And, you know, most people 
will have things that they don't relate to. So it's just cool because there's such a variety of believers that we're able to reach um, a bunch of other non or a bunch of non-believers and help them relate to our stories in different ways. Yeah, and it's cool to think about there's not another story like yours. Right. And so even though you may be embarrassed about parts of it, embrace it. And and not necessarily celebrate what you went through, but celebrate what God brought you from. Exactly. Exactly. I love what, what Paul says in 1 Timothy 1.15. And this is thrown out a lot. But he calls himself the chief of sinners. Um, one translation, uh, he says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. And, you know, that's Paul talking. Like, this is a guy who wrote a large majority of the New Testament books of the Bible. He's a pretty big deal. Um, you know, he's known as, like, one of the greatest missionaries in history. And this is him just saying, I'm really not that great. And then, you know, if you, of course, if you've read his story, look where he came from. Exactly. He was a murderer. Like, he was literally helping kill Christians and just sitting on the sidelines as Christians were killed, just holding their coats so they didn't get blood on them. So, I mean, pretty dark past there. So, when he says, I'm one of the worst, he's, he's being serious. And what I think is cool, um, and I didn't know this until I was honestly taking notes, or I didn't realize it. Like, he's writing that to Timothy. And Timothy is someone that he was discipling and investing his life in. And that's literally a picture of what we're supposed to do when we share our testimonies, is go to other people and say, look, you think you're bad. I Trust me, I'm, I'm just as bad, if not worse. And we have an exact, clear image of Paul doing that same thing with Timothy here. So I'm curious what you think about this. I have some thoughts. But how much is too much? That, I think, varies. Yes. And why I say that, and I actually had a conversation. There was a one-sided conversation about this. Somebody made the statement. I said I agree. Uh, earlier today that different times call for different aspects of your story. Mm-hmm. So if I struggled with depression, for example, which kind of did, but not really, right. um, that's going to apply more to someone who is going through that versus if somebody's always been on cloud nine their entire life and has been captain of the football team, mm-hmm. Mr. Popular, who that's not going to have anything to do with him. But if, if at the same time I struggled with being alone inside of a crowd, that may be more appealing to them. Yeah. And again, those are just examples, not necessarily applicable to my story. Um, but you should always be open to, to what God's leading you to share. Yes. And I would encourage if you're sharing your story, which I would encourage doing that, <laughs> But if you are in the middle of that, I would also encourage to not be afraid to share something that you may be embarrassed about 
if you know that it has the possibility of speaking to this individual, mm-hmm. something that they can see, something that they're going through, or just something that applies to, uh, where they're at, where they're where they've been, or any of that. Yeah, yeah. I have two thoughts there. Um, the first being simple: just listen to the Holy Spirit. Like if if God's speaking to you and saying go ahead and share this part of your life with this person. Then be sensitive to that and what he's saying and just do it. Before you move on from that thought, yeah, uh, a friend of mine shared the thought with me a week or two ago and it hit me hard. It was, um, and I don't think it was their original thought, but the way he phrased it really stuck with me. And I, I believe it. I agree with it. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Yes. And so when you're told or you know the Holy Spirit that God's saying you need to share this by saying no or by waiting, you're disobeying. Yeah. Mind blown for me when I came to that realization. Yeah. It's a good point. It's a really good point. So definitely be sensitive to that and, and obey. Uh, my other thought was just it really depends on the situation, but more so how well you know somebody. Right. Um, you know, I can, I'm fairly comfortable just sharing whatever with whoever, unfortunately. So, like, if I go and I'm, I've done this before, but I've shared my testimony with people on the street. Like, if a homeless person comes up and asks for help, you know, I'll help them and then I'll tell them my story. Um, You're an open book like that. Yeah, just just to give them hope and encouragement and just say, like, I know how bad it can be. Um, there's something good out here if you if you want to want to believe in it. Um, but then, you know, there are parts of my story that I, I honestly just wouldn't share or go into as much detail with, um, a stranger. Like that one thing at that one time in that one place? Exactly. That one thing at that one time in one place. <laughs> so vague. Which is the point. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, trying to lighten it up a I tiny know. bit. What are jokes? Um, <laughs> so bad at that. Anyway, um, you got you thrown off. <laughs> no, I'm flustered. We'll cut this little. No, we won't. We're gonna leave it. Um, we'll see about that. If I'm discipling somebody and I'm, I've gotten to know them pretty well, um, I might. I'm probably gonna be more likely to share certain aspects of my story and, and my life, even currently with them, um, because one, I know them better. So I'm going to be more comfortable naturally. But two, I know them better, which is the biggest thing. Yeah. Because I know what's going on in their life because I'm walking beside them. Um, I'm doing life with them. It's just a Christianese phrase saying like we're just talking about what's going on in our lives right now. Yeah. And what we're struggling with and dealing with. You know what's real. You know what's real. Um, so I can just be honest with them and say, look, man, this is, let me go into detail here about being addicted to porn for however many years or whatever and how I got through it, like get into the specifications of it rather than just a bullet point that I would share with someone on the street. Yeah. 
One, I think being being conscious of the level of vulnerability is important. Yeah. How much is too much, like you said. And knowing your audience. Which I mean that's that's advice for every day, but especially when you're when you're presenting the gospel, it's a heavy subject. There's a lot on the line. Mm-hmm. And so really being focused and intentional. I think I think that's the biggest thing is is the intent and not taking it lightly. It's not something that you necessarily want to breeze through with no thought. Sure, it may be a short share, depending on the situation, but that doesn't mean it's just a breeze through. Right. So you can share your story, like I did for the first time. We, we talked about that uh, on our first solo session, episode two, that it was two to five minutes, which is short. And in that situation, it wasn't super intentional. I was still newer in my faith, new in my faith, not even newer, new in my faith. Um, but if you have intention, that two to five minutes can, can be life-changing. Mm-hmm. Or it could be a situation where we're sitting down for hours and I'm just pouring out everything. And as long as the intention's there and the discernment, which just knowing the situation... If that's there as well, it can have the same impact, long or short explanation of it all. Right. You just got to be paying attention to to what God's leading you to do mm-hmm. and what the Holy Spirit is speaking into you. So. Thank you for listening to the Mountain Valley Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. Just search underscore MV podcast on any platform. Again, that's underscore M as in mountain, V as in valley podcast. This podcast was created and produced by Kip Wilkinson and Michael Horvath. All of our original music has been produced by the talented Robert Luther. This episode was mastered by J.A. Parkey. Thank you so much for listening. Now go tell your story.